Well, welcome back, YouTube family, Instagram family. We got people jumping on right now. Tonight, we're going to be talking about part two of God's promises. If you were with me last night, hold on, let me adjust my camera angle a little bit. I'll make sure we got the, uh, there we go. If you were with me last night, I covered part one about how so often you'll hear in church circles and uh, prayer groups, Bible studies, which are basically just glorified coffee meetups with, uh, well, we won't get into it. But anyway, you'll hear oftentimes that people will say, oh, I'm blessed. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm abiding in God's promises. You even hear people sing the song, all his promises are yes and amen. And they're crying. They got their hands lifted. But yet none of God's promises are active in their life. And you ask them, hey, so what are the promises exactly that you're singing about? And most people will say something along the lines, well, you know, God promised Abraham that he'd have a lot of kids. Well, that's great, but I don't see why that applies to you. And if it does, then uh, clearly you're pretty ignorant of the fact that God has many more promises for you than to be pumping out children like the Amish. So <clears throat> I felt led that this week I'm going to teach on three key promises of God. That if you can understand and grasp these three promises that God makes in his word to his children, then your life will significantly change for the better. We know that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, A man that builds his life on my words is a wise man. He's like a man that builds his life on the rock, on a firm foundation. He said, When the winds of life blow and the waves of life crash against the house, the house will never be shaken. But he said, a man that doesn't build his life on my word is an unwise man. And when those same winds blow, those same waves crash, the house will fall because it's been built on sand. What is sand? Sand is those lofty, cliche sayings with no revelation knowledge. There's no foundation. It's not rooted inside of their spirit. So you see these people that run around saying that all of God's promises are yes and amen, but yet they don't bear the fruit of any of them. But I know for a fact, if you're watching this series this week, you are going to be a Christian that bears the promises and the fruits of God. Last night on part one, I covered God's promise for good protection or uh, for good success in your life. That God guaranteed you that you would have good success everywhere you go if you abide in his word. He said, if you meditate on my word day and night, it does not depart from you and you don't turn to the right or to the left, then you will have good success everywhere you go, and you will make your way prosperous. So we covered last night about how people are responsible for whether or not they prosper in life, according to how well they follow God's word. Tonight, we're going to cover the promise of protection. I want you to type in the comments as you're jumping on here, God promises me protection. And go ahead as you're jumping on YouTube and on Instagram, Make sure to like this and uh, share it with a friend. Open up your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 91. Psalm chapter 91. This is the bread and butter of God's protection for his children. Good to see you, Darlene on YouTube. God bless you. Psalm chapter 91. We're going to dissect 
what Psalm 91 says about the believer. And then I'm going to finish off by showing you the four key categories that God promises protection in your life. And as you understand and receive revelation of the fact that God guarantees protection in these four areas of your life, the enemy, the devil, will no longer have a grip in your life. So I prophesy and declare over you today, tonight, right now, from this day forward, any area of your life that the devil has attacked, he falls to pieces now. And it's broken off of your life, and he'll never be able to touch these areas of your life another day that you walk the planet in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive it, type amen, and let's get into it. Psalm chapter 91. I'm going to read the whole psalm, and then we're going to break it down. So get your notebook out, get your highlighter. Remember what we always say? Text it to your grandma. Let her know, Grandma, we're covering Psalm 91 tonight. And God guarantees protection for me. I'm sure she'll be happy about that. Amen. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, or I'll go King James Version, the secret place of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Wow. Talk about promises of deliverance and protection and safety and empowerment. So much so that the progression goes from not only will you abide in God's shadow, in God's protection, he'll protect you by anything at day, anything at noonday, anything at night, anything you cannot see. God promises protection over you. And then just to kick it to the devil, he says at the end, because he loves me, he'll call on me and I'll answer him. In fact, I'll even send my angels to protect him, even if he strikes his foot against a stone. How powerful is that? And then he says, not only that, but you will trample your enemies underfoot. So God says, I'll protect you from your enemies. I'll even send my angels to make sure you don't even stumble. Better yet, I'll let you trample on your enemies. I want you to type this in the comments for me. Say, I'm going to trample on my enemies. The reality is we already know that there is an enemy, the devil, who is like a roaring lion. 
He prowls around looking for whom he may devour. He is your enemy. He's the enemy, the father of all lies. He's been lying since the beginning. But you also have enemies in the natural. And God promises that your enemies will be under your feet. Praise the Lord. Well, let's dissect Psalm 91 because there's so much in here. Number one, I want you to understand what verse one is saying. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That word shadow in the Hebrew actually means protection. It means that you'll sit so close to God, so profoundly in His presence, that you're, anything that wouldn't come against God will never come against you. And there's no buddy, there's no weapon that will ever prosper or even attempt to come after the Lord. So when you're tied up, think about it this way. Think about if Mike Tyson was like your personal bodyguard, or you were best friends with Mike Tyson, and you were literally linked up at the hip. You were so close to Mike Tyson that you walked in his shadow everywhere he went. Now, if people fear Mike Tyson and nobody would fight Mike Tyson, nobody would fight you because you're in the shadow of Mike Tyson. Now, if Mike Tyson could strike fear like that into men, what can God do? When you walk that close to the shadow of God and you abide in the secret place, anything that would never come against God will never come against you. It may attempt, the weapon may be formed, but it'll never prosper. It'll come against you one way, and it will flee from you seven different ways. Abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 3. <clears throat> For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. The snare of the fowler. That means any trap that the devil might set for your life, God will deliver you before you even have an opportunity to walk into the trap. The devil might be setting up traps for you. <clears throat> God's word and God's spirit is already up and around the corner protecting you from every trap of the enemy. Think about Joseph. Joseph was serving Potiphar, but Joseph loved the Lord. Joseph had such relationship with the Lord, he abided so close with the Lord that when Potiphar's wife attempted to sleep with him, he didn't even think about it. He fled. It said he ran away saying, how could I do such a wicked thing against God? That's what will happen in your life when you abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Hey, Ruth on YouTube. Hey, Jim. Good to see you, brother. Love you guys so much. Hey, Christy. God bless you. What a pleasant surprise. God guarantees <clears throat> protection. Second part of verse number three. So not only will God deliver you of every trap that the enemy attempts to throw into your life, he also guarantees protection from pestilence. I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, the trap of the enemy, and from every deadly pestilence. That word pestilence, the actual definition means a epidemic, ironically enough. That's why you saw Christians, especially preachers, during uh, all of COVID, the past two years, there's churches that have had the worst two years of their existence. They might have had 20,000 people in their congregation coming every Sunday three or four years ago, 
and now they're down to 800 and they're masked up. They've got the vaccine because they didn't believe God's word. But when you look at other pastors that had two or 300 coming every Sunday, but they stayed firm, they believed God. They said, you know what? I believe God is going to obey his word in Psalm 91. He's not a man that he should lie. So I'm going to stay firm in it. I'm going to believe in it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to walk it. And you watch their ministries explode. That's what we did. When COVID hit and all the churches shut down, exactly what the devil would want, we hit the fields. We start doing revivals in cornfields. We start going to churches. We started hosting events in massive event centers, getting people saved, getting them filled with the Holy Ghost, casting fear out of every wicked plan of the enemy against people's lives. That is the point of Psalm 91. All of Psalm 91 is literally written for protection over you, your household, your family, all that you undertake. So guarantees protection from every sickness and every disease. When I received revelation of this, it became alive and active in my spirit. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. God's word is alive and it is active. When revelation knowledge gets in your spirit, <clears throat> it becomes alive and active. And the moment that this became revelation in my spirit, I haven't gotten sick since. I used to get sick multiple times a year. I used to get brought, I, I'd always, it was my confession. I'd always say, you know what? It's about fall time now. Yep, this is when I normally get bronchitis. Yep, this is when I nor normally get stuffed up in my sinuses or something stupid like that. And it would always happen. <clears throat> but the moment that I read Psalm 91 and I realized, whoa, sickness and disease is not my portion. Sickness and disease is not allowed to come near my dwelling. God guarantees that no sickness and no disease can come near my dwelling. So if Satan attempts to come at you with sickness, with disease, with cancer, with diabetes, with COVID, whatever it is, God guarantees protection if you're willing to obey his word. That's right. Ellie said, don't talk stupid. Come on. That's right. I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. That's why Hosea 4.6 says that my people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge most christians don't understand that what they speak is what they get in life for example i shared the story last night of uh, numbers chapter 13 and 14 the 12 spies they went to go spy out the promised land and moses said come back to me and bring me the report the bible says 10 of those spies came back and shared an evil report that's what most people get from the doctor they get an evil report they come back and say well the doctor said, I've got cancer. I've only got a couple months to live. No, the doctor doesn't have the final say in your life. God has the final say in your life. The devil, the doctor, and I'm not against doctors. I love doctors. I know doctors. But the doctor does not determine your destiny. God determines your destiny. God's word determines your destiny. As a matter of fact, there was a family a couple of weeks ago. And this family had a son in the hospital. And I told them, hey, I believe Jesus still heals today because he does. And I said, I'll, I'll pray for your kid if you bring him down to our meeting. So they drove like four plus hours. Megan's on here right now. Uh, she, she knows the kid. I think it's her nephew. They drove him down here, took him out of the hospital. They were expecting another bad report. Said that he had cancer and, and uh, came down and we prayed for him and he got totally healed. They went back, got another biopsy. Cancer is out of his body and it will never come back. 
The doctors were flabbergasted. They were shocked. Yeah, because God has the final say. The devil does not have the final say. God's a healer. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So back to Numbers 13 and 14. The 12 spies come back from the promised land. And they all gave a report. Ten said that they could not have the promised land. Two said that they could have the promised land. Well, how many of them got what they said? They all did. The ten spies who said that they couldn't get the promised land because of the giants, the Amalekites, the Canaanites, the enemies in the land, God didn't let them in the land. But the two who had a different spirit about them, the spirit of faith, Joshua and Caleb, they walked into the promised land. Because they said, if God is with us, we are well able to overcome the giants. Doesn't matter what giant is in your land. It doesn't matter what the devil has planned for your life. If God be for you, who can be against you? Type this in the comments. Say, God is for me. There's nothing too big in your life that God can't take care of tonight. There's nothing too small in your life that God doesn't care about. God will move any mountain. At better yet, God will anoint you and put his word in your mouth to move the mountain. That's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, faith the size of a mustard seed will move mountains. It will tell mountains to be cast up and thrown into the sea, and it must obey you if you do not doubt in your heart. Let's keep going. Verse 5. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. There's no weapon at night that you have to be afraid of. There's no weapon during the day that you have to be afraid of. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that the shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the devil. Now the Bible is very specific. Paul could have written, you know, the shield of faith quenches a lot of the fiery darts of the devil. But that's not what he said. He said the shield of faith, your faith will quench every weapon that the devil attempts to throw at you. Every weapon, every arrow, every lie, every sickness, every disease, anything that comes from the devil, the shield of faith will quench it, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Now, there's a, there's a decision. That, that's right, Raul. Psalm 91. There's a decision that you have to make in life. You either decide to believe God's word over everything that you've ever seen with your natural eye, or you don't. And Christians that decide that, you know what? I prayed for Aunt Sally, and she had sickness and disease. She had stage 3 cancer, and, and I prayed for her, and she didn't get healed. So therefore, it must be God's will that, that uh, she die of sickness. God doesn't heal anymore. No, you don't build doctrine off of your experience, but a lot of Christians do. Well, I prayed for so-and-so, and they didn't get healed. Are you saying I don't have enough faith? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And I consider Jesus an expert in the faith. Almost every one of the rebukes that Jesus gave to the disciples was because of their lack of faith. O oh, ye of little faith, how much longer must I suffer with you? Imagine if I said that to somebody. I prayed for Aunt Sally and she didn't get healed of cancer. And I walked up to her and I said, O oh, you of little faith, how much longer must I suffer with you? That's the kind of rebukes that Jesus would give out. So you can't forget that. Jesus said, faith will move any mountain. And faith will be your shield and your buckler. 
faith will quench every fiery dart of the devil. Not most, not some. Every fiery dart of the devil is quenched by the shield of faith. There's not one thing that faith won't knock out of your life right now. And not only does faith have the ability to protect you from the enemy, it also has the ability to uproot and rip out any plan that the enemy has already had success in your life. And it'll never come to prosper again. Never again. Praise the Lord. Well, if I keep preaching at this rate, we're going to be here all night. So let's keep going. There's just so much in Psalm 91. There's so much. Verse 6. Nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. Anything you can see and anything you cannot see. As a matter of fact, I want to talk about protection a little bit more. Because God guarantees to protect you. He says in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 5, he said, I will be as a wall of fire around my people. God protects you as a wall of fire around you. The same way that the three Hebrew kids in the fire were protected. We hear that song. What was that song? I can't remember who sang it. There is another in the fire, right? Standing next to me. And people will sing it, but yet, like they're getting burned up by the fire all the time. They, matter of fact, they don't even make it to the fire. They get burnt by the fire before it even before they even walk into it. But the Bible guarantees that God will be as a wall of fire around you. God will protect you as a wall of fire. That means anything that will attempt to come near you, your household, your children, your finances, your property, God will burn it up before it even gets close to you. He's a wall of fire. If someone wants to mess with me, they've got to mess with God. I don't even have to worry about my enemies. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, they'll come against me one way and they'll flee from me seven different ways. Think about having a guard dog. When you have a guard dog, the guard dog doesn't only stop people from coming on your property. The guard dog chases people off your property. God doesn't just stop people from coming at you. God chases people away from you. So scattered that they'll turn from one person into seven because they're running so fast. Amen. Oh yeah, protection. There was a great man of God named Benson Itahosa, and he shook the entire nation of uh, Nigeria. And Benson Itahosa one time <clears throat> was staying in a hotel room before preaching for a weekend. And as he was staying in this hotel room, he didn't know that there were some people that had attempted to blackmail him and set him up. And so he, he falls asleep in this bed, and there was a group of men, I think they were other preachers or something, that planted a hooker in the closet. Hopefully this doesn't get flagged because I said a hooker, but that's what she was. She was a hooker. And uh, <laughs> anyway, the Bible, would, I won't get into that. So they planted a hooker in his closet, and she was waiting for him to fall asleep, and then she was going to go and basically like molest him, rape him while he was in bed. And then she was going to file charges and get him basically thrown in the jail. That was the goal. And all of a sudden, when Bensonita Hosa laid down to go to sleep, he heard this ruckus in the closet. And she came out and she said, it's on me. It's on me. I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm burning. And she fell down dead in the room. That's literally what she said. It's on me. I'm burning. I'm burning. And she fell down dead in the room. God surrounds his people as a wall of fire. 
Even when the devil attempts to trap you, even when the devil sends enemies against you, weapons formed against you, you don't even have to see them coming. God will protect you as you abide in his shadow. She fell down dead, just like that. Praise the Lord. Protection. Verse 10. No evil shall befall you. No evil shall befall you. When I got born again and I became a Christian, well, let's backtrack. Before I got born again and before I became a Christian, it seemed like evil surrounded me. It seemed like evil followed me. Everywhere I went, something just disastrous would always happen. It just seemed like there was evil always around me. The moment that I got born again, evil began to flee from me. I can walk into a room right now and the presence of holiness, the presence of God is so strong on my life now that wicked people flee. They get uncomfortable. They, they get agitated because the demons that live inside of them, and a lot of people don't like this talk, but it's just the reality. The demons that are influencing them can't stand being around the fire. So they leave. There was a, a time last year I was preaching on uh, basically deliverance. And before I went to preach, the Lord had showed me in the spirit that there was going to be a young man in my service. Nobody else was going to have a mask on, but this would be the only person in my service that would have a mask on. As I was praying in the spirit, he showed me this in the spirit. I saw in the spirit that there was a young man to my left. He had a blue mask on his face and that there was an evil spirit trying to kill him and that I was to pray for him. And I called my buddy Mike and I said, hey, I just want to let you know this is what I saw in the spirit when I was praying this morning. So you know that it's legit when I show up and, and it happens. And he said, all right, well, thanks for telling me. And I got there and sure enough, up until my left, there was one person in the entire congregation wearing a mask and he was wearing a blue mask and he was under the influence of a heavy, sexually immoral spirit. It was a homosexual spirit. And uh, as I'm sitting there preaching, I saw that he was there. So I went and I pulled him up. I said, I saw you in the spirit and I'm here to pray for you. Do you want prayer? And uh, I heard the word Mark. The word Mark was given to me. And I said, hey, do, do you know a Mark? Do you have an uncle named Mark, a relative named Mark? Who's, who's Mark? And he said, I, I don't know a Mark. I said, all right, well, I'm going to pray for you. And I prayed for him. And as the anointing was touching him, he began to manifest. But the thing about evil spirits is you have to want them to go. If you don't want an evil spirit to leave, the evil spirit will never leave. So he didn't want this homosexual spirit to leave him. So as I prayed, and I didn't even I didn't even point it out, I could just feel that the fire was too hot and this demon could not handle it. About 30 minutes into my message after I prayed for him, he got up and walked out of the service. And I found out later that the guy that invited him, his nickname is Tyler, but his real name is Mark. His middle name is Tyler. So people call him Tyler, but his real name is Mark. So that was the exact person that the Lord had showed me in the spirit to pray for. And he didn't want deliverance. So he didn't get delivered. But anyway, I said all of that because the Lord will show you things in the spirit. And no evil shall befall you. Verse 10. No plague will come near your house. No plague will come near your dwelling. I think about John G. Lake. Anyone that knows John G. Lake. Hey Salem on YouTube. God bless you. Deep voice man on YouTube, hallelujah. Drew, good to see you. Daniel, good to see you. I think about, uh, hey, as you're on YouTube right now, give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. I think about John G. Lake. 
anyone that doesn't know John G. Lake, he was the apostle of faith that went to South Africa originally. He brought the healing power of God to South Africa. And when he went down there, he walked in a mighty anointing. And at the time, the bubonic plague was going crazy. It was a major epidemic. People were dying. People were in hazmat suits. And it was just nuts. Oh, good. Megan McCarthy said she got one of his books for Christmas. You're going to love it. And uh, anyway, he's down there. And he didn't wear a suit. He didn't socially distance from anybody. He wasn't vaccinated. Nothing. And they said, hey, what are you doing here? Like, why, why is everyone else dying from this disease and you're not even wearing a suit? Matter of fact, you're laying hands on people, they're getting healed, and you're not getting sick at all. What's wrong? What's different about you? And he read off Romans chapter 8, verse 2, that the law of the spirit of life has defeated the law of sin and death. So anything pertaining to sin and anything pertaining to death is canceled out of your life as a Christian. The spirit, the law of the spirit of life radiates in your body. And there's so much life in you that it'll actually kill death. Crazy. Like, I mean, it just sounds nuts to even say it. there's so much life in God's spirit in you. It will kill death. How powerful. And so what he did was he got some of the saliva from one of the dead bodies. They put it on his hand from the bubonic plague and he put it underneath the microscope. And they looked at his hand and all of the germs, all the virus died in his hand. The Bible says that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And if he does, he'll give life to your mortal body. Light pushes out darkness. Light does not form around darkness. Light pushes out darkness. Life conquers death. Anything that pertains to sin and death is killed by the law of the spirit of life. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, the power of life and death is in the tongue because even life can speak death. Life speaks death to death. I don't know how else to explain it. I could say it in tongues, but that's the best way to, to get you to understand it. Life kills death. Life conquers death. Verse 11. He commands his angels concerning you. God guaranteed that he commands his angels concerning you. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord camps among the righteous. God has angels around you. Think about the story of Elisha and his servant. The servant woke up and there were many armies surrounding Elisha one morning. And he's sitting there flipping through the newspaper. And he says, Elisha, what are we going to do? Look at all the armies. And he had been through this before with Elijah. He said, open his eyes, Lord. And he saw, for there are many more with us than with them. There were angel armies surrounding them. In the natural, it might look like all hell is coming against you. But you are guaranteed to know there are more with you than there are with them. The Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? There's more power in an old lady who can barely walk, who's got the Holy Ghost, than every demonic power put together on the planet. One drop of anointing in you is stronger than all the gates of hell, and they will never prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12, God's angels will protect you even from striking your foot against a stone. Even from striking your foot against a stone. A lot of people might say, oh, that's an analogy. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. Do you, rec do you recognize that verse? That's the same verse that Satan quoted back to Jesus. When Satan was tempting Jesus, he brought Jesus up to the highest temple. And he said, throw yourself off this temple if you really are the son of God. For doesn't the Bible say that he will send his angels concerning you, lest you strike your foot against the stone? Even the devil knows God promises that he will protect you. But Jesus said, yeah, but it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. So you don't tempt him by doing stupid stuff. Exactly right. Satan twists scripture. It's not saying that you run around and do everything possible so that God has to save your life. No, that's tempting the Lord. But you can guarantee if there's a stone in your way, if there's a stumbling block in your way, if there's a weapon formed in your way, God's angels will take care of it before it even gets to you. In Jesus' mighty name. So then you see a progression in Psalm 91. Not only does he say he'll protect you, that you'll abide in the shadow. You won't even have to do anything. Then he says, all the things he'll protect you from. And not only that, he then says, I'll put all of these under your feet. So not only will I protect you from sickness, from disease, from enemies, from traps, from sin. I'll put it under your feet. You'll walk on it every day of your life. Every enemy that causes sin. Every enemy that causes death. Every enemy that would try to cause you to fall short in life. It's under your feet today in Jesus' mighty name. He says, I'll protect him and deliver him. Verse 13, he will tread on the demonic spirits. God says, I will rescue him and hear him. And with long life, I will satisfy him. Hey, Bridget on YouTube, God bless you. When you plug in with God, there's, there's, I mean, you could literally have Satan, Satan's best buddy, whoever that is, all Satan's generals. Like you could have every demon come against you. They can't do anything to you. God is as a wall of fire around his children. The devil can't touch me. Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. Doesn't say fight the devil. Resist the devil. All I have to do is stiff arm the devil. I resist the devil. And he flees from me, it says. You resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And then draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. So when temptation comes your way, when lies come your way, when demonic plans come your way, when trials come your way, when adversity comes your way, you resist it. Give it the old stiff arm. Nope, that's not my portion. Nope, I walk holy. Nope, poverty can't have me. Nope, sickness and disease can't have me. Nope, sin can't have me. I belong to God. And as you draw near to God, God draws near to you. Praise the Lord. So we know not only does God guarantee protection from your enemies, he guarantees your enemies will flee from you. I want you to type this in the comments. My enemies will flee from me. My enemies will flee from me. There's a, a great man of God. And I don't know how many people will, will enjoy hearing this story, but it's in the Bible. You look at Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter uh, 5, I believe it is. In Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter. And he said, you're not lying to me. 
you're lying to God. And when they lied to God, they became enemies of God in that moment. And God struck them dead on the spot. A lot of people run around, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. And they forget a story like that. God loves you. He sure does. But the moment that you turn against God, God turns against you. When Satan turned against God, God didn't say, oh, Satan, I love you. No, the Bible says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. The moment Satan turned against God, God took care of him like that. So when people turn against God, they become enemies of God. That's why the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. But when you're friends with God and you're at enmity with the world, there's nothing in the world that can ever come against you. And there was a great man of God who was preaching a couple years back. This would have been a couple decades ago now. And uh, he was functioning under a strong anointing. And as he was preaching, he felt the Holy Spirit. Hey, Brianna. He felt the Holy Spirit tell him that two men that had been slandering him behind his back had just dropped dead. Pretty nuts. That's the part of God that not too many people talk about. But it's very, very real. Very, very real. So there's four categories that you can guarantee protection from when you're a Christian. Now again, it's up to you to hear this, receive it, believe it, and walk in it. All I can do is preach it to you. But I understand that if people are watching me tonight, you have a desire to want to walk in this reality of what God's word says about protection in your life. Brianna, we're in Psalm 91, and I'm covering God's protection tonight. So here are the four areas that God guarantees protection in your life. And then I'm going to finish off with these, and I'm going to pray for people. Go to John chapter 10 with me. You know, I think about how the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. How when you have the joy of the Lord in you, that you cast all your cares to the Lord, you know he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. All of a sudden you have what the Bible calls joy unspeakable and full of glory. A lot of people can't fathom that like I haven't had a bad day since I became a Christian. <laughs> which is unbelievable, but it's true. The moment that I got plugged into a relationship with the Lord and I started reading his Bible, like I said, I covered this last night because there's people watching right now. They say they believe in God, but the Bible says even demons believe in God. It doesn't matter if you believe in God. Everyone believes in a God. It matters if you serve him. It matters if you've given your life to Jesus. The Bible says even the demons believe in God and they tremble. So it's not enough to just believe in God. You have to give your life to Jesus Christ. You have to do what his word says. He says in John chapter 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And some of his commandments are hard. Some of his commandments say that if your family is not serving me, then you got to walk away from them. If the person you love the most isn't serving me, then you got to walk away from them. I remember when I got born again as a Christian, I was dating a girl at the time that I thought I was going to marry. And uh, I was like, I was sold on it, man. I was going to, I was going to move. We were going to. And this is just, yeah, you know, I'm sure someone else has been through this as well. But I was like, all right. But the moment that I saw that she wasn't serving God and I knew I had to serve God and give it up, I ended it like that. Boop. Ended the relationship immediately. Didn't even think about it. I called her that night and said, hey, I became a Christian. The Bible says that anyone that's not a Christian, I can't be unequally yoked with them. 
And uh, so if you're not willing to take your faith as seriously as I am, then unfortunately we got we to gotta cut ties here. And that's what we did. So there's going to be sacrifices in life. The Bible says it's not enough to just believe in God. You have to serve God. You have to give him your life. Jesus came to the earth and died for you to trade his life for your life. So that way we could trade our life for his life. He gave his life for us. Now we give our life for him. And that's what I did. I walked away from drinking. I walked away from any type of drugs. Walked away from all sexual immorality. I walked away from sin. I walked away from what everybody else has a great time in the world doing. And I said, nope, that won't be me. That may have been people that were in my family. That may have been people that knew me before. That may have been my old friends. But it won't be me. As for me and my house, I will serve God. And I've stayed true to it. And I will. All the way through eternity. Because I take the word of God seriously. And there's a boldness about that. A lot of people think that this is a total tangent. We're going to get into these four, four points here in a moment. But you get to listen to me. Uh, you get to listen to me vent a little bit. There's people that think that you have to look like everybody else in this world in order to draw them to Christianity. <clears throat> Why? Because demon-possessed people will say, well, Christians are so judgmental. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some Christians out there that like, they look like they were baptized in pickle juice and you want nothing to do with them. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you for not being around Christians like that. If a Christian walks around looking like that, that's not a Christian. That's a, that's a cucumber that's been pickled. That's not a Christian. The Bible says Christians are full of joy. The Bible says Christians are the light of the world. The Bible says that Christians are the answer to a hurt, dying, and broken world and that people should find comfort and love and rest and peace and joy and kindness when they encounter Christians. That you should be able to notice there's something different about them. But the thing is, is sometimes Christians can get so soft that they think, oh, if I go to the bar with so-and-so, then they're going to find out that I'm a good guy, I'm cool, we connected with them, and uh, now they're going to become a Christian too. No, that's not how it is. You can love sinners, but you have to abstain from sin. You stay out of what the Bible says and calls sin, and you stay firm on your standards and on your values and what God's Word says to do. And by living like that, the Bible calls it holiness. And when you live holy, then people are actually attracted to it. That's what attracted me to getting born again. There was a guy in my life, for the first time that I had ever met that said, I don't struggle with pornography. I don't have sex outside of marriage. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't have anxiety. I don't have depression. My life is awesome. God has blessed me in this way, that way, this way, that way. And when I saw it, I was like, whoa, that is much different than every other Christian I've ever encountered. And he's the one who led me to the Lord. But that is the reality. And God's love will draw you in now. The Bible says it's the love of God that draws men to repentance. The love of God that draws men to repentance. The kindness of the Lord. Praise God. All right. John chapter 10. If you haven't found it by now, I can't help you. John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29. The first category of God's protection in your life, this is point number one, is your spirit. You have to understand you are a spirit. The Bible says you were created in the image and likeness of God. The Bible says God is spirit. So you are a spirit. You're an eternal being. 
When the Bible talks about your heart, it's not talking about the muscle that pumps blood through your body. It's talking about your spirit, your heart, the innermost part of a person. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, and you live in a body. This body will fall off one day when you go to be with the Lord. We call it death. The Bible calls it sleeping. It says we must put off the corruptible and put on a glorified body like Jesus. So the first category of God's promised protection is your spirit. I want you to type this in the comments. God guards my spirit. It says in John chapter 10, verse 28, I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Verse 29 says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. God guards your spirit. When you're born again, the Bible says that your spirit and God's spirit become one. It says in Ezekiel 36, I will take out their stony heart and put in them a new heart. My spirit I will put within them. So your spirit and God's spirit become one. And God guarantees protection over your spirit. That's category number one of God's protection. He guarantees to protect your spirit, your salvation, your heart. That's why the Bible says guard your heart above all else. For from it flow the issues of life. God's word, God's ways, God's spirit is a fire around you to guard your heart, guard your spirit. For eternity. Category number two. God promises to protect your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Go to Psalm chapter 21 verse 7 with me. Psalm 21 verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Or another translation says he will keep your soul. God keeps your soul. He's the keeper of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why he gives you his word so that you're not conformed to the patterns and the ways of this world, but you're transformed in the renewing of your mind. God guards your soul. I think about Ephesians chapter 6. It says, put on the helmet of salvation. Your salvation is a helmet to guard your soul. That's why the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. As you obey the ways of God, God's word, you walk by the spirit, not by the flesh, God protects your soul. All issues in your mind, all issues with your will, all issues with your emotions go out the window and you receive peace and joy unspeakable and full of glory. God is the protector of your soul. Number three, God guarantees protection of your body. He protects your spirit, he protects your soul, and God's word promises protection for your body. That's what all of Psalm 91 is talking about. He'll protect your very body from sickness, from disease, from poverty, from sin, from temptation, from traps, from every plan that the devil can have against your life. God is your protector, and he'll protect you, spirit, mind, and body. And now here's point number four that a lot of people tend to forget. Go to Malachi chapter three. Not only does God guarantee protection 
over your spirit, soul, and body, God guarantees protection over your property. It says in Deuteronomy 28, you'll be blessed in the field, blessed in the city, blessed coming in, blessed going out. He says, I'll bless and protect your livestock. I'll multiply your herd, the fruit of your womb, the work of your labor. I'll protect and bless everything that you undertake. And then it says here in Malachi chapter 3, as you go there with me, starting in verse 8, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. He says, test me in this. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, or other translations say, till there's not enough room to store it. Verse 11, highlight this, Malachi 3.11. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and the vine in your field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So God promises protection over your spirit, over your soul, over your body, and over your possessions. Now, how do you access God's protection for your possessions, he says, by bringing tithes and offerings. When you honor God with your money and you honor his word with your tithes and offerings, God guarantees protection over your possessions. I want you to type this in the comments. God protects even my possessions. Praise the Lord. That's right, Darlene. Darlene's getting it. I love it. Hey, Lambo Ferrari. Good to see you on YouTube. I like your name. So we see in the word, God guarantees protection for your spirit. He protects your heart. Your salvation is in the hands of God as you work it out with fear and trembling. You see, God protects your soul. He renews your mind by his word and by his spirit. You see, God protects his body because you're in covenant. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. He redeemed you from all the curse of the law. And then through our tithes and through our offerings and blessing God's word, Jesus said, where a man's money is, that's where his heart is also. So when we honor the advancement of God's kingdom with our wealth, God promises to protect all of our possessions. He protects your vehicle. So you don't have to get you don't have to put new brakes in it all the time. Now is it going to need new brakes? Yeah. But is it breaking down all the time? That's not from God. God will you'll just see a supernatural grace come on your possessions. Your house will be better than everyone else's. Your car everything your clothes won't wear out the way that everyone else's does that's what the bible says about the israelites when they were in the wilderness not even their clothes wore out the whole 40 years they were in the wilderness that's what the blessing of god does in your life so we know god is a protector god has promised protection over you over your family over your possessions your mind your heart your spirit your body every area of your life is protected by god as you believe it and as you walk in it, you're going to have a newfound confidence that no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. The gates of hell will never prevail in your life. You're going to watch enemies flee from you. They might come against you one way, but they'll take off from you seven different ways. There might be weapons formed against you, but they'll never prosper. You're going to watch sickness and disease flee from you. You're going to watch temptation run away from you. 
You're going to watch God protect you in all areas of your life. And you're going to give him thanks for it. And he's going to get all the glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I pray that you were blessed tonight. I pray that this message has changed your life the way that it changed mine the first time I heard a message like this. God is your mighty protector. As you guys know, we just fed a thousand kids for Christmas. And the past two years, a little less than two years, we've reached over 200 million people on social media. We've seen thousands and thousands give their lives to Jesus. We've seen people healed, born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost, set free forever. We've seen so many amazing things in the past couple of years with Revival Way Ministries, but we're just getting started. 2022 is going to be our best year that we've ever had. And I believe it's going to be the best year that you've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. So I want to give people an opportunity now. We just saw that God promises protection over our possessions when we bring tithes and offerings to the storehouse. Jesus said where a man's money is, that's where his heart is also. So if you have a heart to see hungry kids fed every single month, if you have a heart to see the advancement of the kingdom of God, if you want to see your possessions blessed, here's the different ways that you can give to Revival Way Ministries. If you've been blessed tonight, I like how Isaiah Saldivar says it, we don't dine and dash. <laughs> Tiffany said, I hope one day that I'll see that in my church. Tiffany, invite me to your church. I'd love to bring that to your church. Amen. So, if you want to help the advancement of the kingdom, starting in January, we're going to be back to feeding 30 kids every day. And we have 10 other ministries that we also help out every month financially. So that's where the finances go. And we thank you so much for anybody tonight that sends in a financial seed. You will receive my book on what the Bible says pertaining to money for free. If you give on the website, revivalway.com, you'll get the book automatically rerouted to you right after you give. If you give through Venmo, through Cash App, or through PayPal, then you go to my website, revivalway.com, and click Claim My Offer, and you'll be able to access your free book there. So I'll give people a moment for them to give. If you want to give on uh, PayPal, on Cash App, or on Venmo, it's at Revival Way. All one word. Revival Way is the ministry. Cash App is dollar sign Revival Way. I want to give a big shout out to a friend of mine. Well, she's a friend now. <laughs> She watches our live streams a lot. Recently, Megan gave a $1,000 donation. A uh, different Megan. And there's, there's a couple Megans that jump on these live streams. I won't get into a specific, but she gave a $1,000 seed. Just received another one today from Tania. I hope that's how you pronounce your name. Tania Chamel, thank you for your giving. A $1,000 seed today. Jonathan McCarthy, thank you for your seed today as well. Anybody that gives through Cash App, Venmo, or PayPal, I give you shout-outs here on my phone as they roll in and I thank you ahead of time for your giving as you know we're tremendously blessed by your giving all of our monthly partners are amazing if you're not a monthly partner already meaning that you don't give financially to the ministry every month I'm telling you you want to fix that mistake today once a month I take two to three hours and I have a private partners call with people that give every single month and they are awesome I teach people the ins and outs of evangelism we go into deeper things that are in the word 
I give you tips and tricks on social media and you get personal time, private time to ask me questions. So I thank you ahead of time for your giving. Darlene Cribs, thank you for your giving on PayPal. God bless you, Darlene. Blessed by you. Demarius Rodriguez, oh, Ruth Demaris Rodriguez. Thank you, Ruth, for your giving. God bless you. Give people some time to give here. And like I said the other night, whatever you're giving for, whatever you're believing God for, for 2022, put a demand on it. So right now, ask God what would represent your best financially. For some people, it's $20. For some people, it's $100. For some people you saw today, it's 1000 or more. I still feel that someone's going to give $10,000. If you have a business and you want to see it blessed, God will bless your business when you give out of your business. Thank you guys for all your giving. I see people giving. Thelon, thank you for your giving. God bless you. Ask God what would represent your best. Remember, God pays attention to these offerings. And this isn't to like pressure people by any means. The Bible says be a cheerful giver. Give with a happy heart. But be aware that God pays attention to our giving. So if you got like 10000 in the bank right now and you give 50 bucks, and you're like, all right, God, I believe you're going to do big things. God will do big things. But there's an old saying that says if you don't feel it leave your hand, you'll never feel it hit your heart. So if it doesn't move you when you give it, then it doesn't move God. That's why if you remember that story, when Jesus was sitting at the temple watching the offerings come in, he was watching all these Pharisees dump gold, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands for their offering. But there was one widow woman, and she brought what the Bible called two mites. It was equivalent to one penny. And he said, do you see that woman? She gave more than all of them combined because she gave out of her lack. They gave out of their abundance. I remember the first time I heard that. There's been a couple times where I was stretched in my faith and I knew that in order for me to really give all that I had, I had to literally give all that I had. And I've emptied out my bank account multiple times and I will empty it in the future multiple times. I'm sure I will. Because I never want money to have a hold on me. I didn't plan on preaching on this tonight, but maybe somebody needs to hear it. I never want money to have a hold of my heart. <clears throat> if God can get it through you, God can get it to you. So because I've determined that money will never have a hold on my heart, if God says empty my bank account, I empty my bank account. So ask God what would represent your best today and give with expectation. Brianna, thank you so much for your giving. Very blessed by you. And if you're giving on Venmo, I can't give you a shout out right now because I can't see it. <clears throat> Brittany Castillo, thank you for your giving. Jose de Jesus, thank you for your giving. God bless you. So blessed by you. Well, I love everybody. Let me pray for you. <laughs> Sammy Lynn said, I know this is off topic, but I've always thought you sound just like Keanu Reeves. That is pretty funny. Take it as a compliment. Keanu is a cool guy. I wonder if he's a Christian. If not, I want to get that guy born again. I've heard some cool stories about him. You know, he rides the 
public transportation in New York City. The dude's worth more than probably 80 plus percent of the actors on the face of the earth. And that guy rides public transportation. Now, am I saying that like that's cool or whatever? I think it's kind of cool. I mean, you don't have to ride public transportation to be humble, but I think it's kind of cool. Hangs out with the commoner. People just look like they're shocked that Keanu Reeves is on the subway. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Drew said, I can give more in the future. God bless you, brother. I love it. I love it. Well, let me pray for everybody. Like I said, ask God what would represent your best tonight. If $1,000 represents your best, give it. <clears throat> but only give as directed by the Lord. Amen. Amen. Cool. Someone giving some badges. That's awesome. Well, let me pray for you. Whatever you're believing God for with your seed right now, I want you to write it down on a piece of paper. For me, I like to write it down on, on a whiteboard. So I've been given a couple thousand dollars believing for a new vehicle. I'm sowing seed into a new vehicle that God's going to bless me with a brand new vehicle. I want a Cadillac. And instead, instead of going and like throwing out forty, fifty thousand dollars cash to buy a Cadillac, I'm going to have God bless me with a Cadillac by sowing seed for it. So right now, whatever it is that you're believing God for, <clears throat> and then hold it in your hand right now. We're going to pray together. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I bless every person right now that's giving financially. We join our faith together. You said out of the mouth of two or more, let a thing be established. As I join my faith with this person, whatever they're believing for, I call it done now in Jesus' name. You said ask anything in my name, and if you believe you have received it, it will be yours. So I command the blessing on them now in the mighty name of Jesus to multiply abundantly. Thank you for the honor and the privilege it is to give in the advancement of your kingdom. We love you. We worship you with our giving tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ian said, literally every time I tune in, you're taking an offering. Bro, I'm just waiting for you to give. <laughs> Look at that. Ashley said, our past got pastor got blessed with the 2020 Range Rover Veller last year. Won't he do it? Amen. He will do it. God, maybe I'll step it up. Give me a Range Rover. Hallelujah. Now, I really like this Cadillac, though. Kinsey, do not encourage Ian. Ian, get off of my live stream. Whatever you do, guys, do not follow Ian Ross. He's a false teacher. Just kidding. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for your giving. I love you. Do not miss tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. If you thought tonight was good, if you thought yesterday was good, oh my goodness. I'm telling you right now, tomorrow is going to be epic. Off the chain. Tomorrow, I'm going to teach you what the Bible says about doing things by the Spirit of God. And what it means to live a life in rest. That you don't even have to strive. God puts grace behind you and makes a way where there is no way. I'm telling you what, you do not want to miss tomorrow night. Don't forget, Friday night, December 31st, we're having a massive, massive revival out here in Iowa. I'm going to play the intro for it, and I just got a couple hundred dollars worth of fireworks today, and I'm going to put on an awesome fireworks show for you Friday night after we have a great night of signs, wonders, and miracles. So don't miss it. Come to Iowa Friday night. I love you so much. God bless you. Adios. Peace out. I don't know how to say it in any other languages. So uh, see you tomorrow.
Father, I just want to thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every time your word goes forth, it never returns void. Thank you, Lord, that it carries weight, that carries anointing, that carries power to let the captive go free, to bring liberty to every single person that is oppressed. Lord, tonight we believe for miracles, we believe for signs and wonders and signs that make you wonder. If you're with me, somebody shout, I receive it in Jesus' mighty name. There's one thing about revival that you can guarantee without a shadow of a doubt. It's impossible to go to one and return the same. How many of you with me? Come on!